Hello, I'm Andrew. And I'm Katharina. Welcome to Two Tablespoons, a podcast where we discuss recipes, food products, how we like to cook and eat, and we'll try to have a bit of fun along the way. Today we are going to be talking about and cooking chicken katsu curry, inspired by the restaurant chain Wagamama's releasing their recipe for the dish for people to cook during the COVID-19 lockdown in the UK. And just as a side note, uh, this isn't the first time this recipe has been shared by Wagamamas. It's in their existing, I think, two cookbooks, but it's recently made quite a splash on social media. So the katsu curry is said to be from Japan and is comprised of chicken coated in a panko breadcrumb crust and then fried. This is known as torikatsu. It is then served with a thick curry sauce and rice as an accompaniment. The dish is so popular here in the UK that most major recipe websites that I could find seems to have their own versions, from the BBC Good Food page to Jamie Oliver. The version we are going to try today is from Walk From Home, online series released by Wagamamas, and it's presented by their executive chef, Steve Mangershot. Okay, so we're referring to it and calling it a Japanese dish, but doing a bit of reading around online, which is what I do. I'm told that in Japan the chicken katsu is thought of as a western style dish and is in fact serving it with a curry sauce is in no way authentically Japanese. The word katsu supposedly just means cutlet, referring to the type of meat and would often be pork rather than chicken, to create the popular tonkatsu. This would usually be served with sweet, savoury and tangy flavoured sauces rather than curry. Now, supposedly, curry wasn't introduced to Japan until the 1870s by the British, who had become familiar with it from their conquest to India previously. And that information came from uh, an article that was written by, or extracts from the book by Louis Hara and his book called The Japanese Larder. Excellent. So, whilst it may be more of an anglicised hybrid dish, not unlikely the famous chicken tikka masala, it's still a tasty crowd pleaser and we are going to have a go at cooking it for the first time here on the podcast. Yeah, it's not something that we've cooked before or that we would have in our regular stock, but we'll give it a go. So shall we move through to the kitchen, have I'm... a little splash of wine and, and have a go? Absolutely. I cannot wait. Yeah. Can't wait. I can't wait to eat it because I'm already hungry. So here we are in the two tablespoons kitchen once again. Massive, huge kitchen. Massive, huge kitchen. We've got a few things on the go and we've got quite a bit of prep done already because Katerina is super organised and has already done some chopping and some slicing and some dicing. Shocked myself. Mm. So what have we got on the stove now? We've got, I like rice, but you don't really, not a big fan of rice as an accompaniment. I'm having some rice on the side of mine. So we've started that off first because it probably takes the longest to cook with all the prep work that's been done. And it's just been brought from cold water up to simmering point. It's got a stock cube and a bit of tarragon in through the sushi rice that we're using again, famous sushi rice. And it's just going to sit there and infuse and we'll just keep topping up the liquid as we need it. And what surprised me was your choice of flavouring for the rice. Hmm, it's just something that came to me in a whiskey fuel fever dream, I think. <laughs> and uh, I fancied like a tarragony sort of slightly aniseedy flavour going through the rice to go with the dish and we'll see whether it works or not it might not even I be am, detectable i'm very intrigued by that it smells amazing already and i think it can be it can go very well with the curry we shall see right meanwhile in a pan i have put two tablespoons of oil two tablespoons two tablespoons <laughs> and now going in with finely chopped one uh, yellow onion so as opposed to previous, your, your preferred way of chopping onions, these are cubed, 
cubed up into small diced pieces of the onion. They are, they are going to be, the sauce is going to be strained at the end of the process, cooking process, so it doesn't really matter. It, they aren't going to be there in the sauce. So they are there just to flavor the sauce, thicken the sauce a little, and then we are going to get rid of them anyway. So, so in, a, in a true Jamie Oliver 30 minute meals fashion, the prep work you've done in advance is you've got all your ingredients out on the side, you've got half a pint of stock there already ready from one stock cube and some water, you've got some grated up ginger already prepped and the onions have already been diced and you've even already breadcrumbed the chicken. Yes, I have done that as well. And so just while you're stirring the onions and we're softening those in the pan, just a standard non-stick pan, the process for breadcrumbing chickens. We are using panko breadcrumbs, which are Japanese breadcrumbs. You can you can use any breadcrumbs really, they just look better, the Japanese panko oh, breadcrumbs. This is for, you know, we're really following a recipe and, and we are it would say panko For once we are following a recipe, uh, well, yes, so. Sort of. We're, they're, we're already using mini fillets rather than a whole breast that's, that's been flattened. <laughs> so instead of it being a cutlet that is in the recipe, we're using chicken breast mini fillets that are already small pieces and breadcrumbing those. And that's again my preference for breaded chicken, even when we make schnitzels, for example, I like to use these because I find them very, very tender, so they don't need long cooking very long. So they will just touch the pan, let the breadcrumbs to go nice and golden, and you can be confident that your chicken is cooked through. You because don't need the to pieces worry. are smaller. Because yeah. they are smaller and because they are so tender. So process for breadcrumbing is, you've got your raw chicken, in its packet. Yeah, you need to season it. Please don't forget season, season. Quite a lot of salt, some uh, pepper, black pepper, or if you have rainbow pepper, definitely yummy, yummy. And then whatever else you like. For this recipe, I have used another seasoning, and I will leave this with you for the moment. Razel Hanout. So a blend of cinnamon, cloves, and turmeric. It's a Middle Eastern type. Seasoning. Yes, yes. So, as I said, <laughs> we always adjust our yeah, recipes. Our recipes are very fluid. <laughs> so, a little bit of salt and pepper, and then any seasoning you like for whatever recipe. And for this kind of recipe, I have chosen. But salt and pepper would have been just fine. Yeah. So, that goes on the chicken first, and then from there, the chicken goes into. Into just plain flour. From plain flour to beaten egg, and from beaten egg to the breadcrumbs. Okay, so that will give you a nicely cover, and you roll the chicken around until it picks up plenty of the crumb, and they are looking good. They so are looking really good. Yeah. When you'd have them in the restaurant, I think I was reading, and we've done it before, you would take the whole chicken breast, or they would take the whole chicken breast, and they would flatten it, probably beat it with a rolling pin or a hammer or something. We do it at home between two sheets of cling film, so we're not covering everything in your chicken, until your chicken is nice and flat, and then it's, it will cook quicker. Exactly, right. yeah. And then once you have beaten it, and then um, you do your flattened it, then you, then, then you season it, and then start breadcrumbing. So flour, egg, and then breadcrumbs. Yeah, perfect. The rice you, is bubbling. Yeah. You can sometimes, chefs like to double breadcrumb it, so it looks bigger on plate. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, Tips yeah. of the trade. Yeah, so it looks bigger. So yeah, you think you've got more than you actually got. Cool, so our onions are getting nice and golden now. Perfect. So I'm going to put in the ginger and the garlic. We have about two and a half centimeters long piece of ginger, grated, peeled and grated. And the recipe calls for one garlic clove. How many do we have, you think? Three. Yes, exactly. Three. <laughs> <laughs> you know me well. And so this fresh ginger, you get it in every shop, it looks a bit like an alien's hand, just you find a few and a half <laughs> centimetre long piece of that and chop it off and 
Take off yeah. the skin and grate it? Yeah, 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 exactly. Keep and all the juices if you can. When, yeah, keep all the juices if you can. When grating garlic and ginger, ginger and for the same recipe, do grate the garlic first, then ginger, otherwise your fingers will smell like garlic forever. Yeah, you said that before, I think. Yeah, yeah, but I, I tried to remember it myself. <laughs> that and ginger is quite good for taking the garlic yeah, smell out of things. Yeah, I try to remind myself every time, mostly I get it wrong. Today, I got it right. You're all over it today. All over it. So rice has had about eight minutes so far. Okay, excellent. Uh, Two about, minutes. about precisely eight <laughs> minutes, according to my stopwatch. Okay, so we are going to let the ginger and the garlic cook with the onions for about two minutes. So only so it gets nice and fragrant. It does smell smelly. In a good <laughs> it way. It smelly. It does smell smelly. I'm smelling it. Okay, next thing in will be... One teaspoon of ground turmeric and two teaspoons of medium or mild curry powder. But it all depends how strong you want it. I think we will put more in, but yeah, let's just I mean, start we'll, with one We'll start with what the recipe says. And then two teaspoons. And then we'll taste, and then we will add more if we need. This is the cooking way. Yeah, let's see what it looks like in the pan. You do need to add the spices in at the same time, though you can't just go back later on and put more in, because they do need to cook off, so they are not bitter and just too strong. You get bitter spices if you burn them in your pan, if you put them in with no oil, you cook them too high yeah. or too early, but you also get them if you try and drop them in at the end. It just won't have infused just, through the dish. Yeah, so it would just be really grainy and not very nice. Let's see, I'm going to just mishi mishi. Mishi mishi that through mishi, the mishi. onion, ginger and garlic. And let's see. Mishi mishi, mishi, mishi. is two I tablespoons think. for stir. I think, I think we'll need more. So I will go with one more turmeric, with one more spoon of turmeric and one more of curry powder. So we are now two turmeric. Two turmeric, three medium curry powder is what we've got in here so far. Yeah, so that's again only for a minute or two on the heat before we go in and the uh, rice will now need about according to the recipe or to the instructions on the packaging another 15 to 20 minutes. I will keep an eye on the rice. Yeah. So the spices have had a minute or so being mixed around with the okay. onions and garlic. And as I read the recipe and watched the video, which I don't usually do. <laughs> no, you're not a one for recipes by eye and by heart. Executive chef, I forgot his name, Steve. Something. We'll call him Steve. Steve, yeah. So, good old friend Steve said add the stock gradually, make sure that it's every, everything is nicely combining and it creates almost like a thick paste. Yep. Also, to add the stock gradually will help to prevent any. Oh shit, sorry guys, I forgot Laura was meant to go there as well. It can still go, and you've not added much stock yeah, at this yeah. stage. How to so cope with before, the before before you put start putting the stock, stock in tablespoons of two tablespoons of lime flour flame. go in. And that's just a thickening agent, that's and why that's in there. That's exactly, it's just a thickening agent. So, sorry about it, excellent. So, before we add the stock, we are going to, after the spices, we are going to add two tablespoons, two of, plain tablespoons of plain flour. And we're still combining it gradually and mixing. And that's to make sure it's not grainy, you don't have any lumps of flour or exactly, lumps of spices. Yeah. I think that the half a pound isn't enough. You have increased the quantity the of dry, so you might need them to touch more. Yeah. But we are going to add coconut milk, which in the recipe we are told that it should be only 100 ml. But the chef himself, good old Steve, uh, is saying add as much or as little as you want. Okay. Depends on how creamy you like it. Our mate Steve said as oh, much as you Steve. want. And good we've got an open can, so we're probably just going to chuck yeah, most of that in. Yeah. Why waste it? Could make pina coladas later. Oh yeah, okay. Can make them in my mouth as I drink them. <laughs> 
So I am going to add a little bit more water in it because the stock cube, it was one chicken stock pot, half a pint of water. So that I think that's enough once uh, stock pot. So we are now going to bring it back to boil and let it to simmer. Add the coconut milk and the amount of coconut milk is completely up to you depending on how creamy you like it. So if you like it, you know, the creamier the more coconut milk. But be careful because it is going to dilute the flavor of the curry powder sure. and the turmeric. There we go, beautiful. When I read the recipe, I need to say I was very pleasantly surprised how quickly this can be done. Because usually, you know, curry, I always think, oh gosh, that will take a whole day. And it usually does, or two days. Because curry is always better, Indian curry, is always better the next day, in my sure. opinion. All the spices have matured and all the flavors have come out Absolutely. and combined. So we usually, when we cook curry for ourselves, my favorite lamb curry. Yeah, I would make it on, let's say, Monday, and then we wouldn't eat it until Tuesday dinner. So it had time to settle. So this is very quick. This is lovely. I think that's because the majority of the flavor is coming from the curry powder. So yeah. as long as you're, you're cooking that through and that's where you want, you just want it to thicken up really with the other things. So that's my guess. And coconut milk is in now. So the whole cut is 400 ml. So I would say I put in 150. You drop a little bit more in that'll be half a can huh? yeah yeah I think half a can of coconut milk and we're going to bring the heat up on that until it gets to simmering point and then keep it simmering until the sauce thickens up and we are going to start frying our chickens our previously breadcrumb chickens pan heating up for them we've got maybe a centimeter of oil in quite a wide pan. Now we have the oil from a previous set of frying, we don't like to waste it and chuck it away just with one use, but it's up to you. And we do like fried chicken, so. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> fried chicken gets eaten in this two tablespoons household. I like to call it KFC for Katharina <laughs> fried chicken. <laughs> KFC, I think your rice is actually quite soft. Lady's always telling me my things are soft. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's good to go. We're just going to pop the rice into a sieve and let it drain off its excess liquid so I'll probably have some quite nice sticky rice. The sauce has fantastic colour, doesn't it? From the old yep. turmeric, very, very vibrant yellow, very nice. And then with the curry powder there, it's a nice golden, someone described it as unctuous now, sauce. Now, at this point, please taste your sauce and see what you think. Because the recipe does say uh, that you should use uh, about a teaspoon of sugar in there. I do not like to put sugar in a food unless it's absolutely necessary. And I don't think it needs it. All it needs is to reduce down. It might need a little bit more salt and then um, it will all come together nicely. Yeah, we can definitely put a drop of salt in. And at this stage in the recipe, instead of salt, we're adding one tablespoon of soy sauce. Yes. For a seasoning agent. Look at that, darkening the colour yes. nicely. Nice, nice, nice. I just give it a mix around. I give it a mishy mishy. Mishy mishy. Good old mishy mishy. So the chickens are frying very nicely. What we are looking for is nice golden colour. And as I said, because you don't need to worry about the chicken being cooked through because these mini fillets we are using are so tender. They cook in seconds, really. So as soon as your breadcrumbs, as soon as you are happy with the color of the breadcrumbs, the chicken will definitely be cooked. So I can guarantee that. But if you want to check it, if you want to probe your food, your chickens, what temperature do they need to be inside? They need to be over 75 degrees, but it's unlikely that people will have a probe at home. We have. If, yes, we do, but you know. It was just... We are special. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Special like lick the windows on the bus special. <laughs> I did that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that explains a few things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was little. So 
if I'm sure, rather than probing, if you don't, obviously you can probe if you do have a probe. If you don't have a food probe, no problem. Just cut one open and see. Yeah, and if you think they need a bit longer cooking and you're not sure about the inside of them, you could always pop them in a preheated oven for a few minutes. Then the outside's not going to cook too much more and the inside will heat through. That is brilliant, brilliant tip. Yeah, just keep your oven preheated for about 200 degrees and then wipe them in there for a little, yeah, just a few minutes. That's a brilliant tip, especially if you are cooking bigger pieces of meat mm -hmm. or if you are making chicken kids. Yes, because you are cooking the whole chicken. Sure. Hot chicken breast, not whole chicken, whole chicken breast. Yeah, and don't worry because the, the sauce looks very lumpy at the moment, but the other onions, and it's going to get strained so and it's going to get no strained idea. so it will be nice and smooth we have medium curry powder rather than mild if you don't like it spicy you definitely use mild because the medium is quite hot isn't it this one is yeah so we've got we'll do a bit of a plug tesco's medium curry powder mm -hmm. it does have a kick to it but then we have got three um teaspoons in there but yeah it is quite spicy so if you don't like spice definitely use the mild one but we don't mind spice do we we are spice fans in this house panko breadcrumbs are quite a bit bigger than just normal golden or light breadcrumbs you get in the shop, aren't they? They're like yeah. bigger pieces. They look beautiful. I think they really do look lovely. To be fair though, they are very expensive in compared to the other ones. They are. They're like three times the price of, of just the ordinary breadcrumb. So, so if you wanted to interpret this and you don't have to use panko, you could probably cook it on a, on a budget. If you've got some dry spices, it's going to cost you a tin of coconut milk, some chicken and some breadcrumbs, which are about 80p for standard yeah. breadcrumbs. And you could probably whack that together for not too much money. Rice isn't that expensive. Definitely. This is this is very simple recipe. I'm actually very surprised. I thought that it would be much more complicated with much more, you know, fussy, fancy ingredients, which would be difficult to get hold of and whatnot. No, it's very simple, very straightforward. That's because it's an anglicised dish, isn't it? <laughs> it's probably. A, that's something to do with how the chicken tikka masala was born. Someone said it was from a curry house in Birmingham and it was from a customer that was being picky and wanted his tikka, which is a kebab, I think, to be served with gravy. So they just threw together a sauce with some spice through it and you've got chicken tikka masala. We're just using medium curry powder and some turmeric and some yeah. coconut milk and a bit of soy sauce. It's not far off a gravy, is it? No, it isn't. Onions, ginger, yeah, okay. It's, a, it's an exotic gravy. <laughs> exotic gravy. Exotic gravy. It's a breaded chicken, it's chicken nuggets with exotic gravy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've seen, you know, all the nice food pictures online, they would serve this with some kind of fresh salad on the side. So you have some chopped up, you know, spring onions and slices of cucumber. Yeah, that sounds lovely actually, because it could be definitely the breaded chicken salad and then you dip the breaded chicken into your sauce. You could. So you could you turn it into the dipping sauce rather than... Or you could even have a more traditional Asian-inspired pickled vegetables on the side or something like that. Oh yeah, that good for your gut health. So when you are frying or shallow frying with breadcrumb things, there will be some that will stick to the pan and they will get a bit. They will get a bit blackened. They'll be prepared for a bit of smoke in your kitchen. Yeah, it's not a big thing though. We've got quite a few chickens. I think they've got good four portions rather than two portions. Probably. But we do like chicken, you know. But they're already open. Who doesn't and, like and fried chicken? They need to be cooked off. Who doesn't like fried chicken? Vegans. Well, vegans can have a fried celeriac. I've got something they can fry. It's very Scottish way, isn't it? Just bread or butter, everything and deep fried and it's going to be lovely. Yeah, yeah. Mars bars, Wait, What just Scottish? What do you like eating that's a Czech cuisine? Fried cheese. Fried cheese. Fried it's cheese. So yummy. Schnitzels. Come on. Schnitzels. Yeah, it's a block of block of Edam breaded and fried. <laughs> I'm not arguing, I like it. I have it every time we go home. So I'm over here attempting to make a sort of Wagamama style <laughs> shape with my rice. It mostly just looks like some <laughs> kind of rice bird laid an egg on my plate and not a very well structured egg. So I'm not a chef. No, we are not a chef. That's a good thing to point out. Right, our chickens are nearly there. I'm more, I'm more not a chef than you. You are more of a baker than me though. 
I'm mad at the very <laughs> There we go, look, I've made a sort yeah. of rice. A oh, rice Hollywood, toad. watch out! Yeah, because I want to stab you in the kidneys. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I do. <laughs> there we go. Rice turd completed. Beautiful, beautiful rice turd. Excellent. So, our chickens are done. Lovely. So we've got most of our component parts of the dish. I'm going to stir the sauce a bit. It could do with thickening up a little, couldn't it? I think it's very thick now. It's not its fault. It just, you know, didn't do as well in school as other sauces. <laughs> I think it's lovely sauce. So we're just straining now. Well, that proves me wrong because it has thickened up nicely as you've strained it through the sieve. So we are not just straining it, to be fair. We are passing it through, I think it's called. Oh, because we're forcing so, some yeah, of the bits of onion through forcing, the sieve. Yeah, so you're just... Taking a sieve, using a wooden spoon, pushing it through the sieve holes and you'll get some of the onion being pureed on its way through as well. Yeah, not all of it, but some of it. Definitely all the liquid. So we're about ready to serve. I will move us back to the dining room and we will talk and eat in just a second. We have assembled ourselves back at the two tables spoons dining table. I've got in front of me a nice mound of rice turd. <laughs> You're adding some kimchi to your bowl. We've got the beautiful sauce in a serving jug and we've got all our breaded chicken ready here. So we're kind of doing an assemble as you go. And I have to say the kimchi is absolutely gorgeous. We got it in our local like health, health shop. Yeah. Oh my god, that is so nice. And kimchi, it's so healthy. I'm sure that all our listeners are aware how healthy fermented foods are. But kimchi is just gorgeous. And it has 18 calories in 100 grams. That's amazing. I could... I should just eat that, you know. Well, just as it just is. kimchi, just kimchi. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, just kimchi. Cool. We've got a, quite a good mountain of fried chicken in front of us. That's what we like, a mountain yeah. of fried chicken. Yeah, absolutely. Let me take a few pictures. The sauce has a very dark colour now, doesn't it? Yeah, it has. It's, it's a lot darker than it started. Yeah. Oh my god, it looks so good. Check out the pictures on the Instagram. I'll put all those up on social media so you can have a look at what we've made. And I will put the recipe in our show notes. So let's taste it. Let's get stuck in. I think the sauce is delicious. Do you? I honestly think... I'm surprised by it. Katsu Virgin says... Katsu Virgin, that's exactly what I am. Well, I was. Mm. Delicious, isn't it? You know what? I think it's not far off what they would do in the restaurant. He might be up to something, this executive chef. He might know something about how they're cooking it. <laughs> he might know a thing or two. Good old friend Steve. Mm. That's very nice with the kimchi. Mm -hmm. So we've got a beautiful, crisp crunch on the chicken. It's soft and moist on the inside from where it hasn't had too much cooking, so it's not been overcooked. But you can see straight through looking at it that it's, it is cooked correctly. Got a nice, rich, luxurious sauce, posh gravy, that goes with our chicken. With a bit of heat coming through, a bit of spice from the curry powder. And if you do have a bit of kimchi with it, you've got a real crunch of the vegetables and a bit of sourness from the vinegar they've been fermented in. And it's a little bit spicy as well, so it all ends up quite spicy dish, but so yummy. Oh gosh, this is so lovely. This is really yummy. I can see why it was competing with chicken tikka masala for our national dish here in Britain. Oh, was it really? Well, someone said it was. I thought it was it's like an online article. sandwiches or something. Eh? <laughs> Fish and chips, pie and mash. Oh, pie and mash. Now you are talking. Mm. Oh, this is absolutely gorgeous. And I have to say your idea, added tarragon to the rice, just inspired. That's brilliant. I mm. actually like this rice. When you taste the rice on its own, maybe. It's I don't yummy. get it coming through with everything else. No, I think that the sauce and the kimchi are too overpowering. But if you try the rice on its own, the tarragon going through it is just gorgeous. Mm. I would say that was about two tablespoons of it was quite a lot, yeah. Freeze-dried tarragon mm. in the stock that the rice was cooking in. So Absolutely what, gorgeous. What do you make of that sauce? I think the sauce is amazing. It really is so much nicer than I thought it would be. It has thickened up quite nicely from being it's passed through the sieve. beautifully and thick. It has fantastic colour. It's not as vibrant as it was. It darkened a lot. It smells so yummy. It, 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 it's something I really want. It's comfort food. Another comfort.
comfort food. We're I think making comfort food. The majority of the flavor from the sauce is coming from that curry powder. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's very nice. It's nice, smooth, being forced through the sip. And the good thing about making it at home is you can have as much of the sauce as you want. If you, if you think the restaurant don't serve it saucy enough, make it yourself and you can add as much or as little sauce as you like. And you can make it as spicy or as mild as you like. I think if I was going to make it again, which I definitely will, I would put some fresh chilies through it as well. You know, the big ones, not the really spicy ones, not finger chili or okay. anything like that. Just big. Large chilies. red chilies. And, yeah, large red chilies. And coriander, fresh coriander. You and your coriander. I love coriander. I can't stop eating and to talk mm-hmm. about it, but I'm just sticking my fork in it constantly. Yummy. So. so this is another successful comfort food dish we have made. Yeah, I would say we haven't messed anything up yet. No, no, not, not, not too much. I've had our little challenges. But when you have these little challenges in the kitchen, you can find your way around it and you can repair them. So we didn't put the flour in it exactly the time you should have done. Yeah. It wasn't too far off you noticed and you rectified it. This was very simple. I have to say this is not much effort and the results are amazing. This would be a very good dish to impress somebody. Let's say you are dating someone and you want to invite them over to your, to your place for the first time and cook dinner rather than going out. This is definitely because it doesn't take too much effort. You can do loads of the prep in advance. You can. And then half an hour max in the kitchen and you are done. Yeah, I think we were in the yeah. kitchen for half an hour. And it's I think it tastes very impressive. It could. It, it tastes authentic as if you'd taken them to Wagamama's. Yeah, it tastes as if more effort went into it. Yeah. So if you are missing your Wagamama's favourite and you want to give it a try, then it's not difficult to do so. I would say I wouldn't rate it, you know, as a as a beginner, beginner level cooking. No complex processes. Mm-hmm. The only thing is you'll have to put oil into a pan. So you might feel like you're wasting a bit of oil, but you can always reuse it the next day if you're going to fry something else again. Oh, you can deep fry If you do have a deep fryer, you want better? Well, not better for you. Not better for you, I mean. Oh, what is it called? The air fryer things. Oh, you could do, you could do the you chicken could in the air fryer. You could definitely do it in the air fryer. So that would be, you know, even healthier. And again, it doesn't take that long. So yeah, no, this is a fantastic dish. I'm very, very happy with this one. I'm very pleasantly surprised how straightforward it is. And since you're cooking the components separately, if you do change your cooking method on the chicken, the sauce can be doing its own thing and bubbling away exactly as per the recipe, so yeah, no you can there. you can put even more prep in advance. You can prep the sauce and just warm it up, mm-hmm. and then when your date arrives, just fry the chickens very quickly, and that doesn't take longer than ten minutes. Depends how many portions you are frying, you know. <laughs> not, not sixteen depends here. On, <laughs> depends on your appetite or how many people you are dating. It's <laughs> gonna have a string of them through the door. <laughs> okay, you've had your meal. Off you go. Nine mm-hmm. o'clock's coming soon. Mm-hmm. I've not got too much more to say about the chicken katsu curry recipe other than we'll probably use it again. It's good. And for the first time of making it, pretty good, I would say. And when you cook your rice, definitely consider paragon in it. I'm so, I'm going, this is an inspired idea. Mm, thank you. Very, very good. Okay. We'll probably leave it there for chicken katsu curry, an authentic anglicized Japanese dish, as we've <laughs> learned today. Thank you, Wagamamas, for the inspiration. Yes, thank you, Steve. Thank you. And if you do want to see those on social media, it was Wagamamas Walk From Home online series that they recently put out it should be easy enough to find with a web search engine search absolutely so next time we said we were going to be looking at and cooking cheese omelette how simple does that sound but it should be low carb if you're on a low carb diet and quite easy to follow but it's not just any cheese omelette we're doing four cheese double cooked omelette that we took from and played around with a little bit from tom kerridge's cookbook what was it and it's dopamine dopamine diet that's the one tom kerridge's dopamine diet cookbook so we'll have a go at that next time which is full of fantastic recipes but this one was one i have to admit i did not believe in but then andrew did cook it <laughs> so we were looking at despite my shopping <laughs> shopping lists and shopping ingredients and i kept putting the cheese omelette on the mm-hmm. list of things i was going to eat you know, rolling your eyes and oh, i don't buy cheese with a cheese omelette <laughs> 
But then when I actually did get around to cooking it, it's now, it's, it's a favorite. It's one of my favorites. It's absolutely gorgeous because it's double cooked. It's different than omelette. It's got different textures, denser. It's, it's just gorgeous. I love it. We'll talk about it on the day, but you could definitely do some of the prep in advance as well. So there's one that you could use for a lunchbox or something like oh, that if you yeah, want yeah, to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have tried it cold as well and it was amazing. Yeah. Anyway, cool. That's more one. next time. So I cannot up. wait. Double cooked quadruple cheese omelette next time. If it was up to me, there would be six cheeses. Or is yeah, basically just melted cheese. <laughs> so that's it thank you for joining us at two tablespoons remember to reach out to us at social media it's at two tablespoons so it's double t tablespoons and that's on instagram and twitter or you can drop us an email which is two tablespoons the, the word two so t-w-o tablespoons at outlook.com if you've got any horrendous comments to tell us how awful we sound <laughs> or any positive feedback would be nice or any recipe suggestions or ideas or things you might want to hear about for future episodes we will uh, definitely consider them. Or if you decide to cook one of our recipes and please do take pictures and let us know how it went. Absolutely. We're not big social media users ourselves anyway. So I'll be putting the the pictures of what we've cooked up onto social media. If you decide to have a go at them or if you've already cooked maybe the Wagamama's one, you need to reply with your pictures and say how much better than us did you do. (laughs) You probably did better to be fair. Excellent. It's been lovely talking at you. Talking at you, yeah. (laughs) And we hope to talk at you again soon to speak to you soon. I'm going to go and stuff my face full of all the rest of this breaded chicken. <laughs> Delicious breaded chicken. I wonder if I can make myself sick from eating so much breaded <laughs> I'm sure you can. Can I eat by my nose? Have a fantastic day or evening. Bye for now.